great day to be in the house of the Lord. Real, before I get started with my message, just in case, <clears throat> just in case you don't know, the symbol of the cross, Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, in a short version is whenever Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to earth, lived on earth, lived a sinless life, they crucified him on the cross, a sinless man, they crucified him on the cross, he died, they put him in a tomb, and then three days later, he was resurrected. And he lives today. And the reason he lives today is the reason most of your lives have been changed from misery to glory. Amen. I wanted to make sure I got that in this morning. Bow your heads with me as we go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we do worship you today. Father, we praise you. Father, I pray for every heart here to be open to you and every mind to be open toward you. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your love. And Father, I just thank you, Father, for our risen Savior. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your presence here today. We thank you that you live inside of us and you strengthen us and you raise us up. And you're, it's all because of you and what you've done on the cross that we are holy and righteous and children of God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. We are starting a, a new series today. I'm sure glad you could, you could be with us. And I wouldn't like to invite you to, uh, to go ahead and come back the next probably three more weeks probably uh, as, we, uh, as we conclude this series on guardrails. And today's sermon title is Because God Loves You. And God has put guardrails in our lives to protect us because he loves us. And you, we all know what guardrails are, right? How many, how many have smashed one of those? <laughs> huh? Some of you haven't. Did you hear me? How many of you have smashed those? I know a lot of you have. But guardrails are, you know, they're usually pretty substantial. And, but you can still get through them even if they are substantial. And if you think about it, a guardrail is really a device, a mechanical device that keeps you from going where you really don't want to go anyway, okay? Whether it's a bridge, they've got guardrails. Why? Because you don't want to go off the bridge. You don't want to go down in the creek, down in the lake, down the river. You don't, you don't want to go. Nobody wants to do that, okay? Whether it is... Uh, a river or whether it's a cliff or whatever the case may, may be, in the natural, a guardrail is something that keeps us going where we don't want to go. Do we have a slide on that? I think we have a slide on that that shows a, it shows a guardrail. See, it says there, she says, I, it says, I hate being confined by this fence I'm jumping over. And then the other man says, wait, it's not a fence. And then it says, it's a guardrail. Now, as most of you know, we like guardrails in the natural because we want to be safe. We want our children to be safe. We want our grandchildren to be safe. But sometimes we just don't like them in the spiritual. In fact, the world does not like guardrails at all. You know, whether it comes to drinking 
What does the world say about drinking? Drink responsibly. Well, that's no guardrail. That's just a, that's just a thin line. And you know what? <laughs> you know, if you draw the line in the sand, you know what happens then. The next thing you do is you cross it, right? But see, that's, that's what the world does. There's, a, there's other, other examples of thin lines. You know, when it comes to drugs, we know that we shouldn't do drugs. We know that. And the world says, parents, talk to your kids about drugs. Now, wouldn't it be much easier just to say, don't do drugs? <laughs> than that thin line that says, kids, parents, talk to each other about drugs. So the world does not like guardrails. It does not like confinement. Am I the only one that used to not like confinement? No, no. But guardrails keep us from danger. They keep us alive, many of us. And some of you, there's probably people here today that are alive because of guardrails in the natural. Well, guess what? God has spiritual guardrails in his word, and he, and he has those guardrails for us because God loves you. That's why they're there. That's why he places his word, his commandments, and his truths is because he loves us. You know, I know that there are moms and dads all over that are so thankful that one day, or one day in the past, a guardrail saved their child's life. And how, many, how much more can a spiritual guardrail save us in the spiritual realm than in the natural realm? So today I want to talk about three different things. It's a real simple sermon. I might not even preach very long. And then again, I might. All right? So you guys better listen good, okay? First thing I want you to understand is that we all started out in the same place. Every one of us. If you're a preacher, if you're a Sunday school teacher, if you're a praise and worship leader, if you're a drug dealer today, we all started out in the same place. If you're a born-again child of God, and if you're not a born-again child of God, we all started out the same place. Okay? That's the first thing I want you to, what we're going to talk about. Second thing we're going to talk about is what God wants us to do. What has, has anybody, I've asked this question numerous times. God, what do you want from me? God, what do you want me to do? Has anybody ever said that? God, what do I, just what do I need to do to be fulfilled and, and, and to bring my marriage together and to bring my children where I, where I want them and where you want them? What must I do? And then we're going to see, the third thing we're going to see is how do we get there? All right? So number one, we all started out the same place. Every man, woman, everybody, we all started out the same place. And, and let, me, let me put it like this. Uh, you and, I hope you know, and the ones that don't, you really need to hear this. Christians are not perfect. Christians are not perfect. You know what they are? They're just forgiven. That's the only difference. You see, we all started in a mess. 
We all started in sin, and that brings me to our, our first scripture, Romans 3, 23. And it says, for everyone has sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. Now that word everyone, that's all inclusive, right? It means you, it means me, it means the people that you work with, it means the people that you know, and it also means the people that you don't know. It means everybody. Everyone has sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. So we all start out the same place. I can't, one of these days, before too long, we're going to have a cardboard testimony. And I hope that most of you participate in that. And what that simply is, you write on a piece of cardboard what God has delivered you from, and then we come up here and we show that on a piece of cardboard. And we're going to do that here, here in the days ahead. And you will be amazed all the things that come through this stage that people have been delivered of. Now, it's not because they finally got life figured out. It's not because they had finally been in jail so many times. It's not because, you know, they, a light bulb finally went off in, the head, in their head. No, what, the, what happened was they became a child of God and started following his commandments and using his guardrails. That's what made the difference in their lives. That's what made the difference in my life. That's what made the difference in most of people's lives sitting here today. Everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us. Everyone at one time or another, we had a rebellious heart against God. We wanted to do our own thing. We wanted to go our own way. We didn't care what the Word of God says. We wanted to do what we wanted to do. How many of you still have fits of that still every once in a while still yet? Yeah, I do too. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, a Pastor Mark quote, and this kind of shows us that we all started out the same place. And he would say, you don't have to teach a child to say no. Have you ever had to do that? Is there any mommy or daddy here that has ever taught your child to say no? Does every child know how to say no? You better believe it. No, you're always sitting in front of them saying, dada, dada, mama. Say dada, dada. And finally they do. We never teach them how to say no because it's inside of them. Just like it was inside of you. Just like it's inside of me. That rebellious spirit that, 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 that you know, that, that don't like to owe rules. We just don't like rules until we realize that God has given us guardrails because God loves you and because he loves me. Now, I know some of you, because I know how man thinks, because I am a man, some of, us are, some of you are thinking that, you know, I haven't done that much wrong. You know, I, it's not, I just don't do anything wrong. You know, my, my marriage is good. My children's good, you know, my finances are good. Some of you are thinking, I, you know, I just don't have any problems at all, and, and, and I, just, I just don't sin. But, you know, there's a problem with that. You might fool everybody around you. You might fool your wife and your coworkers. You might fool all of them. But the Scripture says in 1 Samuel 16, 7, it says the Lord doesn't look and see people the way man does. 
the scripture says, it says people judge by looking at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. See, the Lord looks behind all of that, all of, all of our actions and even our words. And he looks at the very heart that's inside of us. And he knows and he understands whether our heart is following him or if our heart is not following him. He knows that. Let me, let me, I want to share this with you. You know, of course, I know you need to know about the Ten Commandments. I want to tell you about five of the Ten Commandments. Now, you'd think we could keep Ten Commandments. Well, we can't. And I'll just, instead of having you raise your hand, I'm going to raise my hand for all of us, okay? All right? Because these five, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty, okay? Number three, shall not take the Lord's name in vain. I just raised my hand for me and you both, okay? Shall keep the Sabbath holy. There are lots of times I have not kept the Sabbath holy. I didn't even care. There's times I didn't even care it was a Sabbath. I didn't care what day it was. I'm raising my hand for all of us. You shall honor your father and your mother. I'm sad to say, but I have disrespected my mom and dad at times. If you have, we're, and we're all guilty of this. In God's eyes, we are guilty. You shall not steal. I have stolen. You shall not lie. I have lied. See, that's why the scripture says that every man has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us. Yeah, I've even got a tie and a suit on. I'm a preacher. And yet, <laughs> and yet, I have fallen short of God's glorious standard. So even, even today, I'm not perfect, but because of Jesus Christ, I am forgiven. Amen. Amen. I love that song we sang. I think it's the second one. It says that we are holy, we are righteous, not because of us, because of him, because we've received, we've received that. Matthew twenty two thirty seven. Jesus takes the 10 commandments and he reduces them down to two. How many of you think you can keep two commandments? Man, that's easy. that sounds awful easy, don't it? How many of you would rather have a test in school, 10 questions or two questions? Yeah, me too. Two questions. Jesus boils it down to two. And they come to Jesus and they ask him, what, what, are these the most, what are the most important commandments of the law of Moses? And it's talking about the Ten Commandments. And Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Hey, I'm guilty on that many times. There's sometimes I don't do that. The second he said, love your neighbor as yourself. There's sometimes I have, in the past, I haven't loved my neighbor as myself. So my point is that we all started out the same place. We were all sinners. You know what? And that's why we all need a Savior. Romans 3.23, once again, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of God's glorious, savior and, uh, glorious standards. And we know that that word means everybody. Now, here's the big deal. Now, a lot of people think, now, what is the big deal about our sin? What's the big deal about 
You know, I, 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 know how, I know how sinners think because I used to be one. You know, I don't hurt nobody. You know, I stay at home and drink. I don't hurt nobody. I mean, you know, I do this and I do that. I, I, don't, hurt, I don't hurt nobody. And you know what? You might be right. I doubt it. But you might be right. But the problem is that God sees our heart. That's the problem. The latter part, um, excuse me, uh, Romans 6.23, it tells us what the problem is with sin. I mean, even if you're not hurting anybody, even if you don't uh, cause a big stink, even if you keep your job for 20 years, even if you never get put in jail, you never slap your wife, DCFS has never knocked on your door, this is a problem with sin. Romans 6, 23, it says, the wages of sin is death. That's the New Living Translation. The New Century Version, it says the payment of sin is death. The payment of sin is death. So here's the thing. We have a choice. I had a choice. We all have a choice because we've all sinned, so we all have a choice. The wages of sin is death. The payment for sin is death. The, here's the thing. Somebody's going to die. Somebody has to pay that debt. See, here's the thing. We can't drag all of our baggage into heaven with us. You can't do it. All of our, all of our being mean and being hatred and, our, and whatever, you, you know what sin is. I don't have to go through all of them. We can't drag that into heaven. It has to stop at the door. We can't take it in with us. So somebody has to die. Somebody has to pay the price. Now, here's, it. here's our choices. It's simple. And I that's reason I one of the reasons I love the gospel. It's so simple. You can die spiritual death. Now, let me go ahead and mention that real quick. Romans 6, 23, it says, the wages of sin is death. Now, let me tell you, that's not talking about death in the natural. Because we know in the natural, everybody's going to die. We know that, right? What this is talking about is talking about spiritual death. It's talking about the complete removal of light. The complete removal, removal of love. The complete removal of God. That's what that's talking about. So who's going who's gonna to do it? I mean, you can pay for your own. You can, you can go to hell on your own, and that's what's going to happen, and you'll, go, and you'll go to hell. We can choose that. You can choose that. And you will die. And I guess your sins will be forgiven, but you'll be in hell. They won't be forgiven, I guess. I guess you'll take them with you to hell, I guess. I don't know how that works. But my point is, you can't take them to heaven with you. And somebody's got to die. So is it going to be you or me? Or will it be Jesus Christ? Because somebody has to pay for that. Somebody has to wash that off of us. Somebody has to pay 
you know what I always like? Here's, I, I love it when somebody in front of me pays for my meal to drive through. Does anybody like that? Yeah. I love it when somebody says, let's go out and eat. Okay, let's go. And then they pay for it. Does anybody love that? I love that. I love it when somebody pays my credit card bill. Nobody's ever done that for me. <laughs> but if my address is 366, it's a good thing. And it's a guardrail that God has placed because he loves you. It's a guardrail that stands before the gates of hell because God does not want us to go there. He, wa he don't want us to go there. He wants us to be in glory with him. So we have seen that we've all started out the same place. Every one of us. And we've also seen the problem with sin that we have occurred. We've, we know that the wages of sin is death. There's consequences to our actions. The third thing I want to show you is where do we start? What do we do? What does God expect for us? What does he want us to do? Well, let me tell you what God wants. Now, now this will surprise some people. So listen to this real close. 2 Peter 3.9, it says that God wishes for none to perish, but all come to repentance. None. But Rob, what about the worst of the worst? God don't want them to go to hell. He don't want them to pass that guardrail. Well, I know this one guy, you might be thinking, I know this one guy, and I just wish he would go ahead and he don't have a chance for him. It don't matter who he is, and it don't matter what you have done, God does not want you in hell. It's not for you. You know what? You are God's most prized possession. You know, us human beings, God made us the top of the food chain. Right? I love beautiful horses. I love a beautiful quarter horse. You know why? But God considers me far, far more beautiful than a beautiful quarter horse. Even with all my flaws, even with all, all my character flaws, he still looks at me above all of his other creation, and you too. 1 Timothy 2.4 says, God wants everyone, there's that word again, that all-inclusive word, God wants everyone to be saved. And it says, understand the truth. That's what God wants. One of my favorite scriptures is John 3.17. And yes, I love three, John 3.16 too, but John 3.17, I love this scripture. It says that Jesus Christ come to the earth not to judge man, not to judge you, but to save you. Man, when I heard that years ago, I said, sign me up. That's what I want. I'll never forget, I was in the hospital, I was in rehab, and a man come to me shared, sharing the truth of the gospel with me, and I said, man, what have I been doing all this time on my own for? I didn't know God loved me. I thought, sure, you don't know what I, you know, you don't know where I've been, you don't know what I've done. Hmm. 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 
John eleven twenty five. 25. It's when Jesus was about to raise Lazarus from the dead. And Martha, Lazarus' sister, asked Jesus a question. And it says, Jesus told her that I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after he dies. Mm. Verse 26, it says, Everyone who lives in me and believes in, in me will never die. What a powerful guardrail that God has set up for us. Acts 4.12, it says, there is salvation in no other name. God has given this name uh, above or under heaven and earth. No other name shall you be saved. No other name. You know, of course, we hear a lot anymore that, you know, there's many religions. Just pick one. You know, we hear that the Christians and the Muslims, hey, they all serve the same God. No, no, no. That's not what the Bible says at all. You see, Muhammad didn't have a son that was able to pay for your sins. Buddha didn't have a son or anybody that was able to pay. Only Christianity, and, and this is true, you just, you just you study this out. Christianity is the only one, the only true religion that has a way to completely transform your lives. Let me tell you one of the greatest truths of Christianity, and I could give you a bunch of them. Uh, I've preached apologetic sermons every, every once in a while, uh, a couple times a year, maybe, maybe once a year. But you know what the greatest proof to me is? That you can take a drug addict or a heathen or an ornery old man, or a cantankerous old woman, or anything like that, and when they receive Christ as their Lord and Savior, everything changed. Amen. That, that right there is proof. That right there is evidence. Let me tell you this. It's not just a new day phenomenon. It's been happening for over 2,000 years. And not just in Orchardville, but in Illinois, in the United States, and all around the world, the same thing happens over and over and over again. But Christians aren't perfect. But they're forgiven. The guardrail that God had gave to all of mankind is His Son, Jesus Christ. And that's why we're here today, to celebrate his resurrection and to keep us from going to hell. It's a glorious day to be in the church. It's a glorious day to be a Christian. Let me tell you, some people think and say that the church is not relevant anymore, but let me tell you what. Before Jesus Christ returns the second time, and let me tell you, he will, he will return the church of Jesus Christ is going to be stronger and more powerful than ever before. Woo! I'll do it. Uh, I jumped up there once. You, you remember that? Yeah. I wasn't feeling it today at all. I do that. What happened is I jumped up there and then I I didn't wasn't sure how to get down. But that's what's going to happen. 
Not because Christians are perfect, but because Christians are forgiven. And he's got a job for us to do. And here's the thing. God wants you to be a part of it. God wants this guardrail in your life. No matter who you are. No matter what you've done. He wants this guardrail in our life so that we could be, live forever in eternity with him. Amen. Amen. Stand with me, please. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Bow your heads and close your eyes. I want you to ask, ask you to do something for me. You know, I've talked about three Bible truths this morning. And as I mentioned them, if you understood them and seen them in the Word of God, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to just raise your hand and then put it back down. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we pray, Father, for each and everyone here today, Father, that hearts will be open, that minds will be open. We just love you and we praise you. Thank you, Father for all that you do. Let me ask you this question. Did you see in the Word of God that everyone, including you, me, and everyone around you, that did you see in the Word of God that we've all done wrong? Can you see that we've all sinned and broken God's commandments? If you have, raise your hand. Yes, we have. The second one, did you see in God's word that he wants the whole world, everyone, to be saved and have eternal life, including you? Raise your hand if you've seen that in God's word. And number three, did you see in God's word what is required of the forgiveness of your sins and becoming a child of God? And if you did, Raise your hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, if you raise your hand on those three truths, and you've seen in God's Word those three truths, I invite you to say this prayer after me. I invite you to ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and forgive you of your sins. Install this guardrail that God has placed for all of mankind. Activate this guardrail in your life because God loves you. I'm going to repeat this first part of the prayer and then you... And then you repeat after me, please. Dear God, I realize I have sinned. I realize I've done wrong. I come to you now and ask you to forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. And I repent of them now. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you paid the price for my sins. And I accept that free gift now. Come into my heart and cleanse me. 
come into my heart and make me one of your own. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Now let me tell you, that was not some trick or it wasn't some trick prayer. It's, it's really very, very, very simple. If you said that prayer and you meant that in your heart, the Scripture says that you are a child of God. And the next thing the Scripture tells us to do is to confess it before men. So as people come to pray, what I want you to do, if you've never received Christ, your Lord and Savior, and you said that prayer with me, what I want you to do is reach over and get a hold of the hand of the person that, that brought you here. Reach over and get a hold of the person's hand that's sitting beside you and bring them up front with you. Right now. Come on now. Come on. If you've never received Christ, if you've never received Christ, if you want this guardrail activated in your life, let me tell you something. I have no ulterior motive in this whatsoever. This isn't about padding numbers. This isn't about making the church look good. And the truth is, I don't want anybody going to hell. It's as simple as that weeping and gnashing of teeth. It wasn't made for God's creation. It was made for the devil and his demons, not for God's people. Please come. Saints, come and pray for those around you. Pray for those that you invited today. Thank you, Father. Please come. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.